You're listening to the Brand Boost Podcast with Vincenzo Landino. Hey, Jen Record, how are you? Coming in from Dallas, Texas. That's right, Dallas, Texas. It's this is a big place. They say everything's bigger in, in Texas, right? <laughs> I got I got to tell you, it looks like it could be true. Absolutely. I wonder why that is. Maybe because it's just a big state, or everyone just likes big stuff. I think it's because there's a lot of room out here. There's a lot of room for a lot of stuff. So a lot of wide open spaces. There's a gigantic metropolitan area, but still uh, everywhere you look, there's there's green. There's grass, trees. Um, It's a pretty incredible area. Uh, It's the first time I've really explored outside of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Tell us why you were in Dallas. Um, so I was down here to speak at the Entrepreneur Summit in Dallas, um, and it was a fantastic event hosted by Aaron Smith and the Starters Club, and um, we got some great speakers um, uh, to go with me. Along, alongside me was uh, Ann Handley, who just rocked the intro. It was awesome. And at the end of the day, we had Joel Com come in. Um, and uh, give his inspirational uh, message about entre- entrepreneurship and shared a lot of his uh, entrepreneur- entrepreneurial life events. Uh, but overall, it was a fun, fun conference. I got to meet some really great people um, here in, Dallas, in the Dallas area, and actually it attracted a real broad crowd from, from uh, a, a broad area around here. So um, really enjoyed it. I hope to come back down here again uh, for some more events. I was in Texas last year. It was my second or third time in Dallas. Um, in Texas, first time in Dallas. I didn't get a chance to explore much of the city, but I remember when I was in Houston and I got to explore. It was just like expansive. I mean, an Uber from the hotel to the downtown, and you were still in Houston at the hotel. It was like a hundred bucks. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> or it wasn't an Uber, a taxi at the time. I don't think there uh-huh. was no Uber at the time. This goes back a few years, but yeah. And you know, you order a steak, and it's like you don't just order like a six ounce filet mignon. You order like a freaking twenty two ounce pork yeah. or some massive thing. I mean, they don't believe in anything small there. So Aaron uh, was nice enough to take uh, Ann Handley and I out to dinner uh, the other night, and of course we went to. Uh, Place that serves, you know, uh, authentic uh, Texan steaks, and we had to have some. It was unbelievable. It was you delicious. could split it for the entire table. Oh, no doubt. And I don't know if you, if you know Ann Hanley, she's a very petite woman. Actually, you and I met her up in uh, Boston. That's right. And uh, petite lady, uh, there was no way she was eating that steak. <laughs> we had fun though, and it was delicious. What we what we could finish. Nice, nice. That's uh, making me hungry, man. Making me hungry. Hey, listen, I wanted to uh, expand upon what we were talking about yesterday. Uh, you and I had like a little bit of a private conversation. And I don't even know how we got into it, but we started talking about uh, marketing, sales. And I know I've had tons of different people on this podcast, in particular, Jack Kazakowski who was talking about sales and if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And that was packed with ROI. But you, um, you said some interesting stuff yesterday to me. And I'm like, you know what, let's, uh, let's turn it into a little bit of a, a podcast or at least a, 
some sort of opinion cast here uh, post episode 100, which launched the other day or yesterday. So now we're into the second 100 episodes of the Brand Boost podcast, and I'm like, let's let's just let's restart this sales versus marketing conversation, right? Let's do this, man. Let's do this. I'm I'm glad uh, I'm getting a chance to talk about this with you uh, before we bring Jack back on here because. I'm not sure Jack's going to be on board with what I'm about to share. He probably isn't. So, Jack, if you're listening, we're, it's, I'm inviting you back to the podcast. I'm inviting you back. Potential debate cast. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. All right, Jed. ROI, awareness, uh, buzzwords, right? Lots of these are buzzwords. We hear this so much. All we hear is, well, what's the ROI? Do you have KPIs? What are you measuring? You know, and oftentimes we hear in social or with many social campaigns, specifically Snapchat, because I know that you and I have talked a lot about Snapchat. People are asking for ROI. What's the ROI? What's the ROI? What's the ROI? So, yeah, ROI is used frequently as a buzz ter- buzzword or buzz term, but I, I don't think it actually is. I think it's I think it's a legit measure. It's a legit um, uh, ask, particularly when you're looking at uh, materials that are meant to drive sales for your organization. Um, we often look at ROI when, when we do strategic planning for uh, just capital investments. Uh, so if you're going out and, and investing in some infrastructure for a company, you want to look at your ROI, which your return is going to be on those investments, on that equipment, or even if you buy a warehouse, you want to look at what's the return that warehouse is going to deliver for for that investment. Um, when I speak with CMOs, and and I'm talking about CMOs of large uh, marketing organizations, um, the ROI conversation comes into play when they are reporting back to their CEO. Um, and when they're talking about some of their um, sales enablement functions, uh, some of their um, uh, digital marketing functions that can be tracked towards sales activities. But in general, uh, it's, we're, we don't talk about ROI when we talk about brand marketing. And let me separate brand marketing from product marketing uh, or from sales enablement, which is a function of providing marketing to assist sales. Mm -hmm. So if you're providing marketing to assist sales, that needs to deliver an ROI that you can show that that function is actually paying off because there should be, if you're doing a good sales enablement program, you should be able to attribute the impact of those materials to the actual sales that, that follow. That's the goal of that marketing is to generate sales. Um, in, in brand marketing, it's marketing a brand, mm-hmm. um, you're trying to convey a overall, quite often emotional message about you, a brand, and how we measure that or how I work with CMOs to help them measure the results of brand campaigns and brand campaigning is typically not ROI driven. 
Um, we can look at a very high level, uh, macro level, uh, over Q1 when we implemented our new branding program, did we see any impact to our, to our sales figures overall for Q2, right? But you can't attribute it. You, you can just say, all right, we saw a big impact. We didn't make a ton of changes in other areas of the organization, so we're going to say that our new branding message probably had an impact on that. Um, but there are other ways that we can measure success for branding. Um, so yeah. <laughs> no, no, and I, and no, no, I thought you were going to go on because I know. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, that was, that was your cue. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so, so um, for brand campaigns. Well, hold on, hold on. So before. That, yeah, I'll hear your feedback on what tight. we just said. No, no, it, it, and again, I, and there's really, I think you explained it well, uh, well enough. I don't have to beat a dead horse, but therein lies, I think, just in this, in your argument alone or in your explanation alone, sales versus marketing is two completely different. I'll, That's why they're separate. I'll even say, yeah. I'll even say unrelated to an extent. Uh, they're like cousins, right? They're not. They're definitely not brothers and sisters. It's like the second cousin. You know, marketing can support sales, but um, so he, you know, here's my question, or here's the devil's advocate: How does marketing? How does one get paid as a mark? Like, let's say, as a brand marketer, or even a marketing department within a company, within a brand? How are they judged? How are they graded? How are they scored? Because oftentimes, and this was the argument that Jack had given, or not even Jack, in, in other sales conversations, that, well, salespeople are based off a of commission and you can't pay marketing people commission. Um, they don't, I mean, some people even went so far as to say that sale, marketing people don't deserve nearly as much salary as, or, or nearly as much pay as salespeople. Where do you stand on that argument in terms of the sales versus marketing conversation in terms of within a brand structure is one more important than the other? Do they somehow complement each other or are they completely separate functions that are working towards the same goal? So, or did I just say the exact same three things? No. Yeah. So they, (laughs) they have different goals and I think that is where salespeople and marketing people really clash is that salespeople believe that there's only one goal in the organization, and that's to sell more stuff. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to put words in people's mouths. So maybe I'll say my my feeling or my feedback is um, that I get from the sales organization is the whole organization is built around selling stuff, selling more stuff, and um, so that's. That's one way to view it, and that's great, but everybody has a role in that. And uh, I would say the goal of the organization might be to fulfill the mission of that organization, uh, and that mission might also include adding value in, in more than just one way uh, and, and more than just increasing revenue, right? right. So um, although I, I'm a big fan of selling more stuff, so don't get me wrong there. No, of course, but, and that's the thing. But that's what it comes down to, right? Like, 
it's not necessarily, oh, marketing people don't want to sell stuff. They don't want things to move. But I think the conversation needs to change altogether because, yes, as you know, marketers want whatever it is that their company is selling to, to move, but they're going about it in a different way, right? It's not just by pushing product down people's throats. And oftentimes that's what sales – and, you know, I, maybe I'm making a generic statement here and I'm sure a lot of salespeople will get upset for this. But, you know, oftentimes sales is just – it's it's cold, hard, it's quick and fast. This is what it is. Buy the product or not. Um, and marketing is kind of more like let me warm you up. Let me take you out to dinner. Let me make love to you a little bit. Let me, do, let, me, let me do a few of these things and then if you want to and then and then you you love the brand now you love me and now i enter this long-term relationship with you is that does that sound more like it i think you hit the nail on the head in that there's there's misperceptions and there's misperceptions on both sides so both on the sales side and on the marketing side so on the sales side uh i believe that the best salespeople are really out there trying to help people and and saying how what's the what's the best I can do for my customer with the products or services that I have access to to deliver to them and how's the best way for us to get that to them and I really believe that I think Jack falls into that category uh, huge Jack Kawasaki fan Kawasaki fan. <laughs> Jack Kawasaki, same thing. Jack Kawasaki, uh, Jack, I'll get your name right. Uh, and I think he falls in that category. Just call him the Sassanova. Super passionate about uh, delivering value to people. I think, um, I think marketing is the same way. There's a lot of misperceptions. There, marketing is a huge, huge, broad area, and you've got, as I said, you've got to divide it up into different subject areas within or different activities that you do within marketing. Some of that is sales enablement. That's a huge piece. It's really important, particularly in, in Jack's B2B industry, right? So that's a huge function of, of marketing in, in a B2B um, company is sales enablement, sales support. But there's a completely different function uh, for companies, particularly companies that sell products or services online. And that's the, the online or digital uh, marketing piece, right? And that takes a whole different skill set. And um, the, the fact that you're going to be delivering your product or service online means that you can be very measured in, in, in what you're doing with your marketing activity. You can A-B test what converts the best for your online shopping cart or whatever. So, of course, you're going to be ROI-driven because it's very measurable practice. And it's really important. Same goes for email marketing and, and uh, email campaigns as well. So how now, do we go ahead, go ahead. So so how you how do you measure sales enablement? ROI in terms of the sales, uh, the what you can attribute to sales from your marketing activities. You also measure sales enablement by the fact that how can you best support your sales teams? So sometimes sales enablement, which is a marketing practice can just be uh, measured in the fact how helpful are they being to the sales teams. So maybe by providing a lot of the base materials that salespeople need to be able to close the deal doesn't deliver ROI on the deal itself, but it enables the sales rep to get his job done, then, then you're delivering value and you're winning at marketing 
but you're not you're not measuring it in terms of ROI to sales. In the digital space, very measured, very measurable. You can uh, you can attribute directly to those uh, to those sales funnels, and that's going to be measured with this ROI. I think that's where the ROI conversation with marketing has really taken off in the last few years because there are all these tools that enable you to really measure really finely, like Amazon, great case. That whole company is built on digital marketing ROI, right? Mm -hmm. So now there's this branding piece that people are forgetting about that this is how we got here with these big brands in the first place. Coke, Pepsi, Disney, these big brands have been high level doing high-level branding to have, grow an affinity with their brand for years and years and years, and they'll continue to do that. And those CMOs are measured on the fit, the, the, the visual, emotional fit of how the brand is, is being perceived by customers to what management is wanting from them. Yeah, I mean, so, how hard is it to sell? How hard is it to sell Coke? Like, if you're a Coke salesperson, how hard is it to sell Coke? Well, when there's you a know. million choices for drinks, for beverages, it can get harder, right? And that's why we spend a lot in our branding efforts so that we have top of mind so that when you go to the Coke machine, you grab the – or when you go to a vending machine for drinks, that you go for the Coke because you've grown an affinity for the Coke brand. You're, you're seeing it everywhere so it's top of mind for you. And your perception as a consumer is very positive. You have a strong uh, affinity for purchasing that product. And that is a result of brand marketing. And it's not measured directly through sales. It's measured through things like brand tracking surveys, um, brand affinity surveys, and also um, just share a voice. So if you're doing content marketing for a brand, uh, the number one uh, report I would want to look at at the end of every quarter is what's the share of voice for your brand? Who's being mentioned most in your industry and why isn't it our company? And uh, so I worked with a client that was very fortunate to be top in their industry and they were, they were far and above their nearest competitor. But every quarter the CMO wanted to look at the share of voice and to make sure that we continued across all of our marketing channels to be the most mentioned brand, the most articles being written about in, in our trade journals was about our, had to be about our brand, and the most uh, activity that was going on in the blogging, blogosphere, and, and digital sphere had to be about our brand in the context of our industry. So, so here's uh, my question to that. <clears throat> How do you convince a client, because not everybody is Coca-Cola, not everybody is American Airlines, not everybody is Under Armour, you know, let's face it, there's normal, everyday, small, medium-sized businesses that are like, you know what, I don't have time to build up brand reputation, I just need to sell, like I just need ROI. How do you convince a brand or a business that they need to look at something like share of voice or you know brand affinity as opposed to just straight bottom line when it comes to online or digital marketing 
Um, that's kind of a simple answer because um, good. I didn't want a hard answer because <laughs> if if you are a, a company that is developing a brand um, in terms of the the size and scope of what we're talking about here, then you don't have to convince them like they're already that's what they're measuring. Right. Because remember, in in reaching goals, you you reach goals that you measure, right? So you you achieve what you measure, and those people that are measuring share of voice become the most mentioned and talked about brand in their industry, mm-hmm. and they get there. And those that don't measure that uh, may or may not achieve that in other in other ways. But the ones that are at the top, that's I can assure you, that's what they're measuring because that's that's what's helping promote them to get to the top. Right, but the question and that's why marketers who are who are saying no, it's not about quantity, it's about quality or it's not about the number of followers you have. It's the it's the ones that are really engaged that that counts. Well, that's one por- portion of it. You want to have really engaged people in your audience. But as I saw even here today, uh yesterday after I gave my talk at Entrepreneur Summit, I had five or six people that are absolutely not engaged in anything that I do in social media, but they've been following me on Twitter, they've been watching me on Blab, they've been uh, uh, keeping track of, of what I'm doing online, and they came out and said, hey, I've been watching you on all these places, I'm so glad to finally meet you. I said, oh, I don't remember you. Like, have we interacted uh, online before? Oh, no, no, no. I just watch. I don't, I don't do any comments or I don't really get on. And so like engaged followers is great, but it has got to be in tandem with reach, breadth, the, the, the size of your audience. And, and those are really important factors. And they're involved in this too. So you can't always just... Um, measure those those stats that you can get on your Facebook display panel. You have to understand that there's there's millions of more people out there and they're watching, they're listening, they're seeing your branding. And uh the the only way that I've been able to really uh correlate any type of measurement to brand success in the work that I've done is share a voice and Brand tracker research. Brand tracker research is very expensive. This is how they. This is how Nielsen measures the success of TV ads. Oh, I'm so, sure. I'm yes. I'm this sure is it's not cheap. Yeah. So when we were doing TV ads, nobody was talking about ROI, right? Because you know you can't measure like like legit measure like oh he bought that Coca Cola from the vending machine because of this ad that he saw on television last week. You can't measure that, but people are still going to be spending money on the ads. And the ads are working, so you've got to do the best you can on that. And those brand tracker surveys uh, have a have a pretty good correlation to to overall leadership in the market. But nothing I've seen correlates more strongly than um, than doing a share of voice um, uh, than, than measuring your share of voice in the market. Um, we are going to stop. Right there, because I am opening the door. The gauntlet is being thrown down uh, to open a discussion slash debate on this topic, uh, where I can either moderate and interject. And Jed, 
am opening Jed up to this. He doesn't even know it. I'm just saying it. <laughs> uh, so anybody listening that's interested that is on the sales side of this, pro sales side of this. Anybody but Jack. I mean, there's no way. He's, he'll crush me. <laughs> no, no. That, that, that's not true. Not necessarily. I mean, Jack will, yeah, probably eat anyone alive. Um, he's good, man. He's, he's good. He's good for sure. But So if there is anybody, and of course, Jack is the one that I want, but if there's anybody else... You know, we can open this up for discussion. You can reach out to Jed at Jed Record on Twitter, at Jed Record, or I'm sorry, Jed Record on Snapchat as well. Would love to open this up for that debate. Uh, quick shout out to Zoom, who we recently partnered with here at the Brand Boost Podcast. They are your social media insights and action uh, platform for influencer marketing. They really are one platform for all things digital. You're able to collect, classify, activate, and promote your social media content all from one platform. And you can even understand your competitors and monitor social trends so that you help, you know, to help you make informed decisions. So shout out to Zoom and shout out to uh, them for partnering up with Vincenzolanio.com and the Brand Boost Podcast. We officially made that announcement yesterday. Thank you, Zoom. Love it. Wanted to give them some love for keeping the Brand Boost Podcast uh, going as well. They also... They also were involved in Social Road Trip back in D.C. That was, that was a great event. So, Zoom, thank you for, for doing some great stuff on, on social. We appreciate it. Zoom is listening, and uh, so should you. Head on over to Zoom.com to learn more. Uh, Jed, thank you, bud, for that. I'm glad we opened up the door in the sales versus marketing. I'm hoping to turn this into a year-long kind of back and forth debate. Maybe we'll have different sales versus marketing people. Maybe we'll turn it into a series, sales versus marketing episode one and kind of just go back and forth getting different sales and different marketing individuals coming on here. Maybe this is uh, going to open the door to CMOs and sales folks alike. To Love to see some CMOs and VP of sales get involved. That would be, that'd be awesome. The door is open open uh until tomorrow when we'll have some more discussion again lauren creedon is still out uh traveling about with her new gig uh so we'll have more podcast episodes i promise not to be too flaky like i was the past couple weeks on the road trip bad wi-fi does not help when you're traveling by the way when you're trying to edit a podcast and upload it for the record jed record (laughs) (laughs) all right so until tomorrow ciao this has been a vincenzolandino.com production thank you for listening if you enjoy the brand boost podcast please give us a rating write a review or subscribe head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe